The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. You're more in pitching podcast from pitchers.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today, we are going to talk about the Los Angeles Angels. And if you don't know what we're doing, we're going over all 30 starting pitching rotations in the major leagues. I'm recording this one in the beginning of December, and I do expect the Angels to get one more starting pitcher. Um, they already have Tyler Anderson, and it's cool. I can talk about him in this one, and I will. Uh, but I would imagine they have one other guy to fill this out. Um, as they, I feel like they have five now, and they likely will want six because of Otani. So, uh, first and foremost, who are the opponents that the Angels face at the beginning of the year? They are going to be facing the Oakland Athletics and then the Seattle Mariners. That's the first six games. So three and then three, which likely means that you'll see Otani, Sandoval, maybe Tyler Anderson um, or Reed Detmers. I don't know who that three would be. Also, who are they also going to sign? But the very least, one and two should be Otani and Sandoval. And then the others um, would be Seattle after. Seattle might be a little bit more of a questionable play to to start against. Um, But Oakland, I'd feel very good if I had... Patrick Sandoval against him, especially against lefties, and we'll talk about them in a second. And as always, make sure to rate and review this podcast. Thank you all so much uh, for supporting everything that we do. The Plus Pitch is going to be public this year, so uh, please consider rating and review us so that it can be more in the public eye. Okay, all right, I'm going to stop doing all that. Shohei Otani is the first one. You might know the guy. 166 innings pitched this year. 233 ERA, 101 with 33% K rate and a 7% walk rate. I did not expect this. Uh, after 24 starts and 130 innings in 2021, I didn't really think that he would do a lot more. And he would, then he had 166 innings. Why didn't I think a lot more? Because he hits and pitches, essentially doubles the risk for injury. He was injured in 2021, and he still made 24 starts. He didn't hit the IL, but they if you remember, they gave him more rest. And they didn't really give him that much rest in 2022. I imagine this is more of a peak than it is uh, a plateau now for Otani's innings, 166. So I would imagine more about 140, 150, something along those lines. The hardest things we do in the the offseason is predicting the amount of innings and starts that guys get. Now, one huge thing for Otani this past year was his slider. He increased its usage uh, to nearly 40%. Had a 40% CSW on it, a 72% strike rate. It's one of the best pitches of baseball, if not the best. 164 batting average allowed along the way. His four-seamer then was saved a bit and was able to be a higher velocity pitch, a 97 plus as opposed to the 95 and change. 
I will say in 2021, Otani did save his fastball a little bit more um, to try and stay healthier. And I think he felt better in 2022, thus the velocity went up. But it was a much better pitch. He reduced its hard contact dramatically doing so. And that's really good. He threw a little bit less, had the sliders nullifying guys a little bit more. I think that the velocity is higher and that really helped as well. All those factors came into that lowered hard contact, which is good. He also has a splitter. And he gets a ton of whiffs on. Uh, has 25% swing strike rate on it, 12% hard contact rate on it, which is really good. Uh, that said, he doesn't gain too many strikes with it. Uh, while the cutter is the strike pitch, but it does get beat up a little. It was a 233 ERA with a 101 whip. I think it's going to be worse, shocking, more at 11. But you're going to want to start Shohei Yotani for every single start that he has. Just keep in mind also, head-to-head leagues, you're likely not to get a two-start uh, pitch a pitcher for that week with Otani, right? He's probably not going to make two starts in a given week. You'll never get that, which is a little annoying. You do want to see that from a pitcher maybe, you know, once a month or so. And you're not going to get that from Otani. So you might get slightly fewer uh, innings per week if you have Otani than you do have um, somebody else. So he's about an SP2 for me. Um, I, th- I think he's going inside the top 50 start, 15 starters consistently. And I don't think I want to do that, but yeah, I could, I could, I understand it. Um, Patrick Sandoval, 148 innings last year, 291 ERA. Hey, sound pretty good. 24% K rate, 134 whip and a 9.4% walk rate. So it's hard to really get behind that, right? A guy that has that high of a whip is so detrimental to your team. I don't care if the ERA is 291. I don't care if you're still getting strikeouts. That whip, you are really, really dragging it down. So 2022, I was hoping to see more growth with the changeup, and I didn't really get that. What we did see is growth with the slider, which is good. We essentially want him to throw fewer fastballs. This fastball is so bad. And I mean, I looked more into it. And I found that really there's a big platoon split for Sandoval, which shouldn't really surprise anybody with a good slider, but also that the sinker actually was really good against lefties. Like he did a great job of nailing it inside corner and did a good job of, you know, low batting average, all that kind of stuff. Really, really well done against lefties. Okay. Sliders and sinkers. The four seamer is so terrible against right-handers and the sinker isn't any better, but I mean, it, it's, it's a little bit better, but. I don't think that's the solution. 410 batting average allowed from his four-seamer against right-handers. And there were a lot of batters faced with it. A lot of end results in uh, in four-seamers against right-handers. There is your problem. The changeup is supposed to be the big nullifier against right-handers. And he can't get enough strikes with about 60% strike rate. Doesn't get it down enough. Floats up and away, so up and arm side, too frequently. It's an issue. So he actually tried to introduce sliders against right-handers, and Sandoval had some success against it. I mean, it was better than his four-seamer, but it's not nearly as good as it is against lefties, right? I mean, it was still above a 25% hard contact rate with that slider against right-handers because he threw in the middle of the zone because he didn't have anything else to throw in the middle of the zone. And this is the problem I see. So unless the changeup actually becomes a more consistent strike offering, I mean, look, if you can get that to 65%, and then maybe he can throw fastballs out of the zone? I, I don't know. It, it's just really bad with that four-seamer. It is such a terrible pitch. <laughs> the sinker is better, but it's really bad. And uh, I worry about it. 
I worry that he's going to be volatile. Maybe at the very least he can be platooned against lefty heavy lineups because he's really good against them. Much better against lefties. But against right-handers, oh boy. It is it is a struggle and it's just a hope that the changeup can be as good as possible on a given night. So I'm not going to go after Sandoval. I don't want to buy into that. If he's a guy who can actually live down always, I'm in because sinkers can go down and then it, the whole thing is just under the zone and playing with that. I, that makes me feel better about it, but he doesn't do that. Changeup isn't down far enough um, for, or far frequently enough. Um, so yeah, not interested in that. I, there are some other guys to talk about, especially Reed Demers and Tyler Anderson and all of it. But before we do, we have to take a quick break. Oh, Reed Detmers, this time last year, I don't know if I was so in on him then, but oh, spring training uh, for Reed Detmers, I was so in because fastballs are going up in 94, 95. The curveball was beautiful and super hard to hit, getting strikes with them. And then the slider was down and in and getting whiffs, and it was, it was there. It wasn't, though, in the beginning of the year. He had a 4.66 ERA after his first 58 frames. He actually had a good whip, 110 in that time. But... The Angels could tell there was something wrong. He didn't have a slider, so he went down to the minors to try and figure it out. Found a flaw with his shoulders on delivery. He was a little too crooked with them. He strained them out. And it helped him regain his slider, pushing a 304 ERA in his final 71 innings when he came back. However, they came with a 130 whip. And why? Why is that happening? You know, he had a slider whiffs finally. He had 12 in his final start against the Rangers. But the problem here is he wouldn't always get it down. And when he would get that pitch down, especially the curveball to the curve, had a very low high lock. Uh, sorry, low, low lock. That is, uh, league average for a curveball is about 65% low location. His was under 50%. That's not it. That's not right. And what I see for Reed Detmers is you actually have the blueprint of a lot of success. Reed Demers could be throwing sliders and curveballs consistently down both lefties and righties. Doesn't matter. I don't care. You can you can throw the lefties, the right-handers sliders. They work down and into them and then put in the same spot for lefties. You can put these four seamers up. He actually has a really good high lock with those, 65%, which then return 11.5% swing strike rate. And I think that that can continue to go up if he's able to throw those sliders and curveballs down. So he's 23, will be 24 in the middle of July. He's already showcased some development. He's gone through his adversity. He's on the other side of it now. This could be a breakout season for Detmers. That said, if those if there are people that are drafting him at a price of inside the top 150 anticipating it, I'm uh, I don't want to take that gamble if I don't have to. Still, I, I really do like Reed Detmers. I think there's a lot of potential here. A breakout is coming at some point. Is it in 2023 or is it 2024 or later? I don't know. But there does feel that there is this inevitability for Detmers to break out. The Angels are not the best team, though, when it comes to pitching development. They aren't at the top of our list for that. But I got to think that Detmers just get those pitches low and he's got it. So more time on the bump. We'll get him that consistency and rhythm. I'm excited to see it. Hopefully it is this year. Tyler Anderson is moving over to the Angels. And it was a brilliant season last year. 178 innings, 257 ERA, one whip on the dot, and just under a 20% strikeout rate with a 5% walk rate. The question is, will he have the same success on the other side of the city? 
moving from the Dodgers. And the Dodgers did a couple things with them that were really good. One, obviously, the defense was amazing. And that's not going to be the same in uh, in Anaheim. Um, the, the second is the changeup usage went up about five, six ticks, but the swing strike rate oh, all the way to 21%. Really great to see. The hard contact dropped dramatically on it. I do think you're going to see some stickiness of the changeup success, but not quite the same. I mean, I think it was a peak season all around for Tyler Anderson. He hadn't had a season under a 4-3 ERA since his rookie year in 2016, okay? So, the changeup usage should stay there. The The swing strike rate, I think, should be not the same, but still better. It's going to get a little bit worse. His BABIP across the board is going to get worse uh, because he doesn't have the Dodger defense. He's not going to be a 15-win guy. He's going to still have that 19%, probably a little bit lower strikeout rate. He's a Toby at best here. Uh, the changeup and the cutter are not that great. The 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 Sorry, not the changeup. Um... Uh, the uh, the cutter, I should say. Uh, it's fine, but it's nothing special. And the swing strike rate on the four-seamer came down about two to three ticks um, as well, from about like 11 plus to under nine. So, yeah, I don't really want to go for this. I feel like it's too meh for your fantasy teams. I feel people have or might have too much nostalgia from 2021 or actually the 2022 season. Um, may I have been phrasing like that? Oh, no. Uh, from last year saying that, oh, Tyler Anderson's really good. He saved my season last year. Like, I don't think that's going to happen this year. Uh, Jose Suarez is kind of interesting, though. He had a really good second half. He had a 281 ERA, 102 whip, and a 22% carry, which is a 4% walk rate in that time, which is kind of nuts in 64 frames. Like Sandoval, he is a platoon arm. Um, he's someone who is really, really good destroying lefties with that slider and sinker. Incredibly good. Four-seamer and change up to right-handers is where there's a problem. I don't think it's a very good approach, and it's uh, it's hard for me to really endorse Suarez because it's just like, hey, when he faces lefties, he will destroy them, and there's a chance on a given night that like he faces a really lefty-heavy lineup, but the, the volatility will still be there because he's really bad against righties. I like it more with Sandoval. I think because he has two pitches that I really think are excellent if you get get them down. That is the slider and the changeup. While Suarez is really more on that on the slider. And he didn't change it to be a slider pitch. That's like he increased it massively in that second half. 121 Babbitt, by the way, in those starts, in those 64 frames, 11 starts in the end of the year. 121 Babbitt on the slider, which we all know is not going to be exactly right. So I think he's a good AL only guy. Um... 12-teamers, I think you can stay away from this one and maybe stream him for lefty-handed lineups and uh, lefty-heavy lineups, I should say. And then deeper leagues, 15-teamers, like your TGFBI and everything. You're okay with Suarez. It's not it's not great, but I think it's all right. I think it's okay. Uh, there are two more here. Uh, it's Chase Silseth and Tucker Davidson. I don't really think we see much of them. I, again, anticipate the Angels getting someone else to pad this rotation. It is five right now, but I think they do want six. And Chase Silseth has an interesting splitter and he throws 95-96 at times, but this the fastball command is terrible. The splitter is inconsistent because, hey, it's a sl- splitter. The slider is actually, I think, his best pitch right now. But 41% hard contact and fastballs are, yeah. No, there's not enough here. And uh, if I want to endorse him at any point, he's got to change a lot of his stuff. Tucker Davidson had a 13.5% K rate and a 14.4% walk rate last year. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, that, I think that's all I need to say about that one. Um, fastball just gets demolished. Um, it's a good looking hook, but does not get enough strikes. And the the slider, it gets down a decent amount, but it's not doesn't do enough. And that's it. That's the Angels. Um, so thank you all so much for uh, supporting the podcast. Um, but that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babs below and your strikeouts high.